Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. More memories are made when you're there for live NFL action. And when you need tickets, our friends at Ticketmaster have got you covered as the official marketplace of the NFL. Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash NFL. The Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. the 10 throwing end zone spectacular catch they're saying it's a catch touchdown you see most gamblers when they go to gamble they go to win oh my god that's incredible big bank small bank i like to make money all right that is the ultimate kibosh you want to bet <laughs> and we are underway what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM. I'm your host, Chris Raybon, and this is your NFL Week 6 betting preview. We'll talk about our favorite sides, totals, teasers, money line underdogs, uh, survivor picks, and of course, crack open our weekly Sunday six-pack of Against the Spread Bets with the help of my co-host, the Prime Minister of Degenerate Nation, Stucky, stuck. What's going on? Congratulations on your Ravens fate. I still have my reputation intact. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't looking good for a while. Took a lot of Ravens drops, but the Steelers did what they do at home. They just kept it. I think I said it was going to be 16 13. It was very close to that. So it was nice to get that. Overall, shitty week for the pod. Finally had one. We'll have, we'll have them every once in a while. I do wish I got the, the Minnesota over. Shenanigans, I mean, as usual. When you pick up the – I never see that flag picked up ever. And then you take off your helmet, and then there was a legal hands to the face. And then Jefferson gets hurt for the last drive. The Chiefs are punting on fourth and one from midfield, too, because Jefferson was hurt. So that one stung. Just a shitty week. So that's, that's what it is. It's all about results. So still having a hell of a year. But, like, when we have good weeks, who cares? Last week was last week. We're on to – a what I would call an interesting, an interesting slate. Last week was last week. This week was this week. Next week will be next week. Uh, we do cover Thursday night football, so let's get right up into that. And uh, just a reminder for those asking, these episodes always available in full on the Action Network YouTube page on Thursday afternoon. So if you prefer the visuals, uh, be sure to check that out. Thursday night football, week six. It's not the best game, but it's the only game tonight. Let's bet Thursday Night Football. So we got the Denver Broncos. Really, it's the Denver Broncos because they don't have any D. And the Kansas City Chiefs. Ten and a half is the spread. The Chiefs are favored. The total is... Let me double check because the total's been moving around. The total is 47 and a half. I could see some weather, but, uh, you know, big spread. 
total going down. Weather, Kansas City, 13 and 27, 32% against the spread when favored by more than a field goal since early November 2020. Uh, that also includes the postseason stuck. Uh, you're going to be on the Broncos, if I'm, if I'm correct, right? Yeah, nothing big. It's Thursday night. I hate it. And yeah, that De- the Denver defense. And by the way, Denver's lost 15 in a row to the Chiefs, which is just insane. The last quarterback, <laughs> the last quarterback to beat Kansas City in a Broncos uniform, uh, Simeon. Man, uh, I, I, I thought maybe we get to get like a Simeon like when the Chiefs were still bad, but I guess that didn't overlap. Yeah, the Broncos defense—they're allowing a pass rating of 124.6 through five games, fifth highest Super Bowl era. Opponent completion percentage 77.3, highest ever through five games. They've allowed 181 points, tied for the second most through five games in the Super Bowl era. They're allowing 30, over 36 points per game. That's the most in the NFL. They're the first team since the 2020 Cowboys to allow 35-plus points per game entering their sixth game or later. Eight teams have played a game with this bad of a defense in the sixth game or later in the last 20 years. They are 6-2 and two against the spread. Look, and I didn't even mention the run defense issues. Like They can't stop the run either, and they have some injuries. It's just a bad defense. It's a bad scheme defense. The personnel isn't great. That said, I think that this line is a bit too high. I mean, I'm closer to nine. Then you throw in, like, the weather, which is going to adversely impact the Chiefs more so than the Broncos. And the Chiefs' offense is still a little – they're still figuring some things out, even though they're on a historic pace for third and longs. I mean, the the conversion rate is the highest in NFL history if the season ended today. And, like, the third-place team and the fifth-place team in the rankings were the Chiefs of the last couple of years. But their, their offense isn't as good as it's been. And Mahomes has gotten away with a couple turnover-worthy throws. Kelsey might be a little banged up or limited here. Um, you know, there's injuries on the defensive side of the ball for Kansas City. And you can still run on the Chiefs. And I think that's what the Broncos are going to do here. They are going to just try to try to grind this game down. You get Javante Williams back this week which makes a game plan more conducive to, hey, let's just run at Kansas City. So I think this spread is too high, and we've seen the Chiefs flop as you know double-digit favorites, really bigger over a touchdown, but they still know how to run the clock down, like we saw against the Jets, better than any team in the NFL. This is a good buy-low spot on the Broncos, who I believe haven't covered a game all year. Divisional dog catching double digits in weather, very enticing for what it's worth. Double-digit dogs this early in the season. So week six or earlier, 51-30-4 against the spread over the past 20 years. So I think Denver's the play. It's scary with Mahomes, and even if they just hand it off a lot, they could still carve up this Denver D. But uh, I think the spread's a little too high, so I'll have a small play on the Broncos. Yeah, that's the right side. Going to stay away. I just don't enjoy betting dirt Thursday night football. I just Maybe it's because it's like the, the one day I when I'm watching football where I'm really not sweating anything. Weird things happen, as we saw last week, with the Bears just uh, looking like a juggernaut on offense, but I do agree. I think the Broncos have the play here, and there's going to be quite a few plays like this this week where it's just, uh, what do you always like to say? Catch the fallen knife. Yep. Uh, this is one of them. Uh, I totally agree with the side, uh, and I'll be rooting for you. The And uh, speaking of Thursday night, uh, remember that you can find me, Sean Kerner, uh, and lots of other action uh, personalities and experts on the Action Network Discord server, especially during Thursday night football great place to get prop bets directly from Sean and I just just to chat if you want you know sweating big games looking a live bet it's totally free so to join all you need is an invitation link and the discord app so if you're interested check out the link in the episode description uh, I was in there chopping it up a little bit last Thursday so that was fun so shout out to everybody on the discord uh, and yeah be sure to uh, check out the link if you want to get in there But now, it is time for the week number six, Sunday Six Pack. Thirsty for action? Let's crack open the Sunday Six Pack. Stuck? Uh, Yeah, rough week, 21-18 me, two points for the first pick, one for the third, one for the total, another if you sweep. You're up first this week. Where are you going? All right. For my first pick of the week six Sunday six-pack, I'm going with the Cincinnati Bengals minus two and a half. I like this up to three, but I prefer a minus two and a half, which I would buy up to minus 120 here. I saw what I 
needed to see last week from Joe Burrow. The Cincinnati Bengals came roaring back. And there's two factors here. One, coming into the season, just like the past two seasons, we've seen Burrow miss time in the preseason. And we know that it takes him some time to get his timing right, to get in the flow of the offense. I've been waiting to see that happen. That I saw that last week. Number two, he's had an injury that has completely limited him as a passer. Not only could he not make a lot of throws, he couldn't move around in the pocket. And then he wasn't going through his progressions because he knew that he couldn't move in the pocket. So he was just looking at someone, looking somewhere else, throwing it. And then he couldn't even plant. Well, last week, that all changed. Couple throws to the outside when he has to kind of open up that he kind of left a little bit short. But other than that, I mean, if you look at all the touchdowns last week, it was him evading pressure. He was moving around. He was scrambling. He was going through his progressions. The timing looked right. uh, And he looked like the old Joe Burrow. And now you get another week. So I think that he's only going to keep progressing, getting that timing down. Calf gets healthier. He gets more confidence. He's getting more flow into the offense, which I thought was actually just better overall just feed chases. As he said, I'm always fucking open. Uh, the play action I thought was better. And so, but I still think you're getting a discount on this Bengals team because of how they started, because of how Burrow has looked. You know, you're getting them under a field goal at home against Seattle. I'm sorry. I'm not buying into the Seahawks. I wasn't coming into the season and, you know, wins over the Panthers and Giants aren't going to change that. Uh, I still think there's holes on this defense. They're not going to get pressure on Burrow either. Their pressure numbers are inflated because the Giants just didn't block anybody. Uh, This isn't a defense that gets a ton of pressure. So Burrow is going to be able to operate, and he looked more mobile last week. So I think you're getting Cincy cheap here. You also might get T. Higgins back, which would help. Awuzie might return. But I've been impressed with some of the other uh, secondary the defensive backs on Cincinnati. DJ Turner looks like he could be a player. This defensive line should have an advantage over the Seahawks offensive line. And ultimately, I just trust the Bengals at home uh, against the Seahawks. Better quarterback, home field advantage, better defensive line. I'm ready to sell the Seattle team, ready to buy Cincinnati for the time being. So I like the Bengals here at under a field goal in a uh, desperation spot to get to back to 500. Yeah, it's Bengals or nothing here. I'm surprised the line actually moved off to three. I guess some money's coming in on on Seattle. Um, I don't. I'm not down on Seattle or anything. I think Seattle's pretty solid, but I do agree. I think that the market is still probably factoring in the hurt Bengals offense a little too much because I, I mean it was night and day. I mean they put up three six points combined in their first two road games. You know that that that's just. Obviously, something was was wrong there, and just like the past two seasons, his timing was just off, and it, it yeah. takes him a couple of weeks. Just like last year, you know, they lost to what, Cooper Rush, they lost, they lost to some bad quarterbacks, and then they went on this huge run, starting right around this time. Yeah, Cincinnati against the spread with Joe Burrow. When the opponent is, allow, is allowing more than nineteen points a game, Burrow's eighteen three and one against the spread. So against like any normal defense. I mean, it's just been almost an automatic. And if he's healthy, basically outside the yeah. division, the Burrow's, Burrow's yeah. 17 and four straight up outside of the division. I'll trust the Bengals to get it done. By the way, it's someone who could have a really big impact on this game. That doesn't get talked about enough. We talk about, you know, Watt and Parsons, even, even Crosby, but Trey Henderson is playing out of his mind right now. Uh, he is an absolute menace and he deserves to be in that conversation for you know the top edge rushers in the NFL and he just doesn't get that credit he has six sacks on the air should have nine he had three called back because of penalties on uh you know like illegal contact stuff that had nothing to do with the with his sacks so he should have nine sacks so far this season he's playing out of his mind and he could give that Seattle offensive line a load of trouble all right, uh, for my first pick, the second overall of the Week 6 Sunday six-pack. Got to go with the best team in football right now, obviously, the New England Patriots, plus three at the Las Vegas Raiders. Look, fellas, I am sick of this shit, okay? It's a joke. 
Uh, I joke, obviously, but this is, I think, a classic buy low, sell high, and it doesn't get much lower than the Patriots coming off two games where they got beat by 30 plus. I believe two, Belichick's two worst losses yep. uh, now in his career. Two to three combined Whew. the last two games. Right. So I think you're going to get, obviously, a great effort from New England, and I think New England is still the better team here. And I know it sounds crazy, you know, because of after what we've seen the last couple of weeks, but you look at this New England team and, okay, you know, they come into the air, they, they play tough against Philly, they play tough against Miami, and, uh, and then they beat the Jets in a game where no one had any offense. But... And then, you know, the injuries start piling up. Thing, you know, Mac Jones starts throwing pick sixes, which I think was a big issue. But that's not going to happen every week. Uh, you have a coaching advantage here. The spot is amazing. Dogs off shutouts, 44-26 against the spread, 63% since 2005. Uh, road dogs off a loss of 20 or more, 50-26, and 26, 66% against the spread uh, over the last five years. Belichick off a double-digit loss, 25-9-1 against the spread, 74%, covering by 5.4 points a game, uh, including 9-6-1, 60% without Brady, uh, and 4-2-1, 67% uh, with Mac Jones specifically. Uh, you look at the defenses New England's faced. Philly, great defense, very highly talented front. Jets, great defense, uh, talent all over the place. Dallas, great defense, talent all over the place. New Orleans, Another defense that's been great. They hardly ever give up 20 unless Derek Carr is just handing the other team the ball and, you know, plus territory. And then even Miami, and then probably a little bit inflated because they played the Giants because Miami's not a good defense. But Miami's up to third in pressure rate. One of the weaknesses of the Patriots is their O-line. So it's been a tough, tough slate uh, for New England. Uh, but now you get the Raiders. They've been one of the worst defenses in the league for two decades. I think the last time they finished above average in points uh, allowed was 0-2. I want to say, or somewhere in the early 2000s. They're 24th in DVOA. They're 30th in pressure rate, which is big. Mac, like I said, Mac Jones is not going to keep throwing pick sixes every single week. You know, interceptions are highly volatile. They only happen on average about 2.5% of pass attempts. And a pick six is, you know, even much more rare than that. So you look at this Patriots team. Well, what's been going on with them, especially in these all year, really? Horrible turnover luck. 10 giveaways, just two takeaways. No takeaway since week two. Uh, now you're playing the Raiders. And granted, turnovers are volatile, but I think that works in the Patriots' favor more here because, like I said, Matt Jones is going to be, you know, he's not going to take as many chances probably, but that doesn't matter in a, a defense who he can beat through the air or on the ground like the Raiders. If there is a team that's going to switch around your turnover luck, this Raider team, you have Garoppolo with more seven picks in four starts uh, for Garoppolo. New England's still the better team. Even after getting blown out 72-3 to over the last two weeks, New England is still the better team uh, in DVOA by 6% uh, over the Raiders. There's a lot of familiarity here, which I think works in the underdog's favor. Uh, you, know, Pat, you know, they know Patrick Graham. They know Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, to name a few. So, uh, obviously, the head coach of the Raiders, Joshua Daniels, who, by the way, you know, has been just losing the Raiders, like, tangible win probability. Like, week in and week out. I mean, you talk about the Pittsburgh game, not uh, not going for the touchdown, kicking the field goal. You talk about uh, last week when he, what did they do? They, 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 then they kick, they kick again instead of, you know, trying to end the game uh, and going for it. I mean, it's just week in, week out, you know, this guy is losing this team games. Whereas the Patriots' issue is more, they're just behind the eight ball. Their offense is not very good. It's been neglected. Uh, but in a matchup like this against a bad defense, bounce back spot, give me... The disgusting. I mean, is this? I mean, this is catch the the wing when falling knife. Yeah, that's the theme of this uh, of this episode. And yeah, when we when a lot of these trends that we mentioned, it's just a way to kind of contextualize yeah. buying low and selling high. Another one to throw out there: teams who lost by twenty plus points or more in their previous game against teams coming off a night game. And by the way, short week here. Those teams coming off a night game playing against a team they lost by 20-plus the previous game, 64-103-5 and five against the spread since 1990, 38%. Also applies to the 49ers, for what it's worth. We'll talk about that game later. This is the spot. It is the play. I'm, But I'm really concerned about the Patriots. I mean, do these Belichick spots even apply anymore? Like, number one, the special teams are a, a disaster. Horrible. A disaster, which is just a reflection on coaching. The offense is 
it might be beyond repair. I mean, the offensive line is bad. They can't pass protect. The play calling's bad. The receivers are horrendous. There's no separation. The route running is terrible. I don't know what Troy Brown is doing. Like they just have all these like legacy Patriots guys on the staff. I don't like Bro, this, Troy this, Brown has he gotta be a bad wide receivers coach, right? He's just gotta be. Well, and then they got rid of Jacoby Myers as Jacoby Myers were. And he's balling. Uh, he's like he's yeah. like actually cutting he, into Adams. That, Ma- that Mac Jones liked to the had like chemistry with. Because he's good. Yeah, Ju- yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Juju Smith Schuster is not is I mean he's probably not even gonna play this week, but Disaster. he's like running the laziest routes. Devontae Parker doesn't get any separation where he's a dinosaur. I'm just afraid, Dad's like the is the locker room gone with Matt Mac Jones? I mean, he threw that pick six. Like, there's guys that even their their captains were throwing him under the bus in the post, like the in the interviews after the game. David Andrews, Hunter Henry were like, I mean, we you said you weren't going to throw make turnovers anymore. Like they're putting their hands up in the air. I, so it's a bad situation. And then like the funny thing is, everyone just blamed Patricia last year, but Jones just now looks like he looked decent early in the year. He looks broken. He looks like. He has no feel. He has happy feet. He's, he's not seeing anything. The receivers are bad. I also would look at the under here because the Raiders just don't give up explosive plays. I think the Patriots' defense will show up. And the Patriots, I think, are just going to like play really conservative. Kids' gloves with Mac Jones. But, yeah, this is the spot with the Patriots. And, and real quick for those wondering, it's, it's very rare that a team scores three or fewer points in back-to-back games. It's only happened eight times over the past two decades. Uh, in the next game, they are seven and one against the spread. If you if you go up to six points or fewer in, in each of the last two games, then you're looking at 23 and 11, 68 percent uh, against the spread, covering by 3.8 points a game. So yeah, so I do think the Patriots' offense will go back to just looking underwhelming and not completely broken. All right, speaking of catching a falling knife for my second pick and third overall, the week six Sunday six pack, I'm going with the. Carolina Panthers plus 13 and a half against the high-powered Miami Dolphins. Uh, this, I'm going to catch the phone up. I think this is the bottom of the market on the Panthers who haven't won a game yet. This is the time of the year where you're going to get value in these teams. I mean, this is the Panthers team. The Dolphins were just laying 13 to the Giants who were missing their entire team, their entire offensive line, their, their running back. Now you're, you're getting 13. By the way, it doesn't matter for this. I'm waiting to see if a 14 pops. Last week, it wasn't as bad as the final score looked. The Panthers turned it over three times. Bryce Young maybe got some confidence late in the game. But the Panthers were playing without three starters in the secondary. I mean, the, the guys they had out in the secondary last week were, was a joke. The Horn was out. Uh, Xavier Woods was out. Dante Jackson was out. Dante Jackson, full participant today. He will play this week, which is big. They just, they just like, You got guys like Deshaun Jamison out there starting on the outside at corner. The run defense has been really weak, worse than the NFL. And there's some injuries on the offensive line. It's not a pretty situation for a winless team. I'm not going to sit here and tell you good things about the Panthers. Uh, I will say that, you know, and the run has been bad. At least A-Chain won't play for the Dolphins. He's out. He's just so explosive. The Dolphins should still get their points here. But here's the thing. Laying this number, it's not a great spot. There's going to be some win, too. And that will hurt Miami much more than it will Carolina, who I think will probably try to make this, you know, just grind this game down. They're going to run the ball a lot. You can run on Miami. These two teams are tied for the second-worst defensive success rate in the league. Miami is not a good defense. So laying this type of number is it's just difficult to cover. And I think that they're at the peak of their market value. They covered again last week. The Panthers are winless. No one wants to back them. And now you're getting close to two touchdowns. This is the time to try and catch the falling knife. For what it's worth, winless road dogs – catching more than 10 in game six or later of the season, 26 and eight against the spread over the past 20 years. That's 76.5%. Also, game six or later, teams averaging 35 points per game or more facing a team averaging less than 20 are 20, 38, and four against the spread over the past 20 years. So this just shows you how many times that happened where this team's averaging over 35, teams averaging under 20. Saying who wants to back this dog? Well, usually this is when you get value and the market gets a little inflated. And, you know, offenses are going to come back down to earth. You're going to have adjustments. The Carolina is a really good defensive coordinator. Yeah, I think this is just the time to to buy it. You know, speaking to this overvalued selling high, from week five on, teams who are covering by five points per game on average, and that's the Bills and the Dolphins, facing a team with a 
250 win percentage or less. They're 65, 109, and 5 against the spread. Again, it shows you all these spots, no one wants to back the dog here. And that's why you're getting a little extra value. So this number's just too high for a Miami team in a bad spot with weather. You know, Philly on deck. Uh, Carolina, desperate, winless. Uh, I think that they can do enough either early or late if needed to get in the back door. We finally buy Carolina for the first time on this podcast this season. Yeah, and I'm, you know how low I am on Carolina, and I'm very tempted. I think I, I really do love the Panthers this week. I, I think one thing going a little under underrated is that this Dolphin offense, obviously great coach, and that, that does worry me, the coaching mismatch between Reich and, and McDaniel, but uh, this Dolphin offense, as much of a juggernaut as it's been, HN is a massive loss. He's yeah, touched the ball 47 times this year. He just goes for 30 he's, yards every time he He's targets. averaging 11.2 yards a touch with seven touchdowns on 47 touches. That So, like, the Dolphins offense is great with without him, but it's, like, otherworldly with him. Something else you have to consider, this doesn't have to do with selling high, but in these spots where you're playing, you know, these really good teams and really good offenses in particular are facing inferior teams, especially with a big game on deck. You see this with the Chiefs a lot, too. There's no reason to show a ton, right? There's no reason to show your plays, show your different types of motion. Right? You have the Eagles next week. The more you put your offense on tape, like the the more ammo teams have to come up with counters to your offense. So you could see the Dolphins just, all right, let's just run the ball, you know, in the second half once they get up, you know, 14, 17 points. You know, then that leaves the back door wide open. There's no reason to reveal everything in your playbook when you're going to win regardless. Anytime you have teams that are winless, too, against the spread straight up, starting in week six, back them every week. Like, they almost always cover, you know, this week, next week. You don't go too much further than week six or seven. Panthers on the side. Uh, for my second pick, the fourth overall of the week, number six, Sunday six-pack. I'm going with the Minnesota Vikings, minus two and a half at the Chicago Bears. Uh, I think this is another spot where, first of all, I think the Bears are – it doesn't get much higher than Justin Fields throwing for over 600 yards and eight touchdowns over the past two weeks. Uh, you have Fields not leading the NFL in touchdown rate. So selling these, this Bears team with a rare Vikings play as a favorite. But it's kind of a buy low in Minnesota in the sense that they're one and four and they just lost Justin Jefferson. So everyone's down on them. I, the public, you know, more bets and money coming in on the Bears here. Uh, you know, not even getting the three at the at the two and a half. But I look at this Minnesota team, and obviously Justin, losing Justin Jefferson's massive, massive loss. But if there's ever a team, there's two teams that it wouldn't matter as much against. It's Chicago and Denver. And Chicago is the Vikings opponent here, 31st in both DVOA and EPA uh, against the pass, and 26 in pressure rate. So they're not getting pressure uh, not playing great pass defense. This is, this is a bad defense. But Minnesota can also go run heavier in this spot. You know, their offensive line is actually blocking well against the run. They have the best PFF run blocking grade. And I think their run game is going to start to improve a little bit because they're working in Cam Akers more. And, you know, small sample, but Akers, you know, Madison, his success rate is 48%. Akers, in the time he's been in Minnesota, and you know, McVay switched his scheme up in, in, in L.A., and, and O'Connell is still kind of running the, the old scheme, so that's why they sent Akers over here. Akers has a 60% success rate already, 12% higher than Madison, uh, and, you know, they, you started to see his snaps go up last week. The first week they kind of worked him in. Last week it was about, you know, once every other, you know, third drive. This week, I mean, I think it could be closer to 50-50. Chicago's also bad uh, in run defense. And then you have the turnover luck. Minnesota, 12 turnovers. Uh, 31st, and they only have three takeaways. That's 29th. So I think that'll even out the Bears. You know, Justin Fields, I know he has his eight touchdowns against two bad defenses over the last couple weeks, but uh, if there's anyone that's going to help your turnover luck, I think the Bears are at or near the top of the list. They have multiple turnovers in every game until that Thursday game where they just caught Washington sleeping for a half. You know, it, it happened, especially on Thursday night. Uh, so... Uh, I like this Minnesota team. I think they're a better team. I think this should be at least a field goal. 
I'm getting under a field goal here. So selling this Bear team high for a Minnesota team that I still think is much better, even though, you know, we came in the year wanting to fade them too. Uh, but uh, I think we'll still be able to throw in this specific matchup. Look, neither team might not be able to throw much because of the weather. Uh, this is a sneaky under that I like. It's crossed over 45 down uh, to 44 and a half. But I, and I swore off, these two defenses are horrendous. Bears have gone over every game this year. But divisional game outdoors with a t- with weather and a lot of wind. There's no Jefferson. Well, I have worth like one and a half points to the spread. This could be more of a running game. I think the Vikings would have more success in that case, because the Bears, have no Herbert is out. Johnson has a concussion. For what it's worth, when two teams allow 24 points per game or more, the under is 54 and 32 the last three seasons, 63%. It also applies to Miami, Carolina. But yeah, rain and wind, divisional game. Bears could get some defor- reinforcements in the secondary, but I think this, as to your point, comes down to a running game. Uh, I'd favor Minnesota. So under a field goal, even with the Bears having extra S, I, I think Minnesota's the side. So I agree with you there. For my third pick in the sixth overall, the week six Sunday six-pack, we're going to catch or attempt to catch another falling knife. I'm going with the New York Giants plus 14 at the Buffalo Bills. This is horrendous. I hate it. But uh, this is I think this is the time to buy the Giants. We haven't covered all year. By the way, <laughs> for what it's worth, teams that have yet to cover in game six or beyond as an underdog, 68% against yep. the spread historically, five and one as a double-digit underdog. They won three of those six outright. Just shocking results if you go back and look. and be like, wait, how did that team win? So speaking of the buying low, double-digit dogs in back-to-back games, as the Giants were you know, catching 13 at Miami last week, 68-42-3 against the spread the last 20 years in the second leg. When they don't cover the first leg, as the Giants didn't do, 46-23-1 against the spread. So that speaks to, hey, we have a bad team catching double digits. They didn't cover so everyone who either cashed on the favorite is going to go do it again or whoever backed the dog, they don't want any part of that stinky dog again. And then you're going to get, like, look, the Giants were catching 13 at Miami. Now they're catching 14 in Buffalo. Buffalo is a couple points better than Miami. They were just a favor by a field goal at home. That's the inflation here. I know there's quarterback uncertainty. From what I've heard, Daniel Jones is going to play. He didn't practice today, but it was just soreness. And you're going to get Saquon Barkley back. Not only are they catching 14 at the Bills, the Bills are coming back from overseas and they lost three all-pro caliber defensive starters. Daquan Jones was playing out of his mind. I think he leads all defensive tackles in pass block win rate. He lost an all-pro corner. And then an all-pro linebacker who is so important to everything that you do. And now we're getting two touchdowns, which is such a hard number to cover in the NFL. The other factor here is the Dable factor. I think that they should just bring in Max, like two tight ends. You need to run Barkley. They don't have any running game. So Barkley at least will provide a spark there. I think this is the time to buy the Giants. Dable's so familiar with everything that this Bills team wants to do on both sides of the ball. Just to show you how hard it is to cover these numbers, the Giants lost by 18 at San Francisco, and they had a bunch of starters out. We saw we see what San Francisco is doing to everyone. They were outgamed by like 400 yards. Last week they were outgamed by 300 yards. They lost by 16. They had chances to cover both games, and they were absolutely destroyed. It's just very difficult to cover, and it's, a, it's just a tough spot for the Bills coming back from London, and, you know, the, the Giants, just everyone has written them off. It's uh, Dable's going up against his old team. I think they're going to have some changes. Like, they're even talking about bringing in some new offensive linemen. Because last week they basically started – like, if you look at the Giants, realistically, they started five guards last week. They had five guards. Like, Schmidt should probably be a guard. Neal should be a guard. They just bring two tight ends, run a lot, simple play action. And Dable knows how to attack this team. He knows the Bills' offense, too. Uh, I think the line's just too high. I, I, it could be Tyrod Taylor. Whatever. I don't I don't care. The offense will run the same. It's a slight downgrade. Yeah, it's ugly. So two touchdowns, I can't pass it off. I, I'm, I will say this. Like, it's the right side. I don't really know where to go with the Giants. I would, I would like the Giants a little more if the Bills not coming off a loss because now you're going to get like, okay, we got to right the ship. But I do agree. I mean, the Bills are, you know, injured. And it's the, these these spots have just kind of been money without fail. I'll close it out with my third and final pick of the week six Sunday six pack, uh, going with the Lions minus three against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, this Wait, is that's one not of, ugly enough. It's not ugly, but it's it's kind of ugly because usually we'd be selling the Lions, right? I mean, they're coming off all these impressive wins; they're, they're blowing people out. But I want to sell the Bucks even more, and the difference is, I, I 
even though the we're gonna probably be selling the Lions very soon, the Lions are legit. The but none of the Bucks wins check out. Like they open the year, they beat the Vikings by three in a game we were on. You know, they, they, they we're on the Bucks in that one. They beat the Vikings because the Vikings can't hold on to the ball. They turn it over three times and they win by three. The next week, they're playing the Bears when the when Justin Fields still didn't know how to play quarterback. You know, still confused and not making good decisions. The Bears had a chance to tie or go ahead. And in, before one of the worst play calls of all time, a second straight screen backed up on your own goal line. And okay, Tampa Bay gets a 10-point win. Fine. And then they wallop the Saints in another game we were on the Bucks because Derek Carr decides like on Saturday that he wants to play. I, I don't think he practiced much all week. The Saints are obviously not ready uh, to, to incorporate him back into the offense. And they laid an egg and gave the Bucks a bunch of short fields. I mean, at one point, I think the, they, the, the, they, they got to stop in the red zone and then turn it right back over to the Bucks at like the one-yard line. It's, it's just the, none of the Bucks wins check out. Uh, the one legit team they faced was the Eagles, and it was a 25-11 to 11 win. And this is not even like a great Eagles team. This is like an Eagles team still like warming up. Uh, Baker made, and, and then another thing, Lions are going to blitz, uh, not going to blitz. They're blitzing second lowest rate, just 18% of the time. But they're still eighth in pressure rate. And Baker Mayfield, this year, blitzing him has not worked out. 9.9 yards in attempt. Essentially 10 yards in attempt when blitzed. Uh, I've said three, this for yeah. years. His numbers for his career are better when blitzed than not. Right. And it's a huge misconception. The key to beating Baker pressure. is pressure yes. without blitzing. And then you have you have more guys in the secondary, and he gets flustered and then will inevitably throw it to one of them and not see him once or twice in the game. And this is exactly what I'm looking for because another team that's just benefiting from ridiculous turnover luck is this Buccaneer team. Uh, like, I already broke it down. So the Lions getting pressure. They haven't played the Giants yet, so their numbers shouldn't be too inflated. Uh, and also, another area of progression, Detroit has the highest drop rate in the league. So their offense could be even better. They're dropping nearly 8% of Goff's passes. Uh, Bucks have the, the eighth lowest uh, drop rate at, at three, just over 3%. So I think that is going to regress. This Detroit team, third in overall DVOA on defense, eighth against the pass, four against the run. And Tampa Bay's been really good against the pass. They haven't been good against the run. They have the second-worst PFF run defense grade. They have uh, their uh, outside the top 20 in DVOA. And we've, we know what this Lion team could do on the ground already. Now you're getting Amon Ra St. Brown back, so I think that'll help the pass game. Gibbs looks like he'll still be out, but you have Amon Ra and Jamison Williams. He's definitely in. I, I, he practiced today, so he, sh- he should be. Um, How about Mike, Mike Evans? Mike Evans, it, it, there's questions. I didn't, I didn't see a practice report for that, so I can't confirm. Um, obviously, that would be even better. I'd like it even more. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think Detroit. I think this is a. I think this is another spot where Detroit, you know, runs up the score and blows them out and. I think, you know, people are buying in a little too much of this Bucks team that, that played nobody, got no wins against anyone good, uh, and is coming off a buy. And by the way, another spot with this. So coming off a buy, usually it, it is worth a little bit. You know, obviously more rest is better. But this yeah, is a spot where, yeah, sure. they've been very overrated, though. Uh, home, when, when the when – the, because you're usually going to be in a better spot when you're the superior team coming up. Short rest or long rest tends to better uh, benefit the, the 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 favorite, you know, superior team with either more time to prepare or just better talent. But, like, these home dogs off a of bye, that's when they've been inflated. Uh, they're just 26-43-1 against the spread uh, under a t- when it's a home dog by under a touchdown. Just 38% uh, over the last two decades. So... Give me Detroit to keep it rolling at least one more week against this overrated Bucks team that we all expected to finish uh, either third, really in last place. Uh, and that has, nothing has really changed for me uh, with this Bucks team. So give me Detroit. Hello, Detroit. You've won my heart. I don't have a feel here. You're on your own here. Because the Lions resume doesn't really check out either. Like, yeah, and they, they, they were lucky to beat the Chiefs the first game of the year. And then who have they beat since? Although Mike Evans didn't practice today. That That's not good coming off the bye either. No, that definitely would help your case. So uh, I don't hate it, especially because all, all Jared Goff does is cover games. True. I didn't even uh, want to bring that up because I don't know what that means exactly. Yeah, but, but uh, I don't have a strong feel here, but I will root you in. We At least we have the Bengals and Lions. So we have like semi-confident teams 
in our six pack because the rest are oh boy okay so that's gonna i do it for the six pack to recap stuck has the bengals minus two and a half the panthers plus 13 and a half the giants plus 14 i have the pats plus three the vikings minus two and a half and the lions minus three uh that's gonna wrap it up for our week six six pack and now it's time for our coaches pep talk Every time we get ready to play, I just want to throw up. So depressed, I don't even want to talk about it. I'm sick of watching you guys play. All right, this week's Coach's Pep Talk comes to us from the 2003 film Old School, one of my favorite movies. And uh, we're going to dedicate it to all of the falling knife teams that we're trying to catch this week. So the Carolina Panthers, the New York Giants, and the New England Patriots. Come on, all right, everybody. That's what I'm talking about, guys. We've made a great effort so far. Let's just keep it up. That's right. We can't have anyone freak out out there, okay? We've got to keep our composure. We've come too far. There's too much to lose. We've got to keep our composure. Keep your composure, guys. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Stuck, you and I know more memories are made when you're there for live NFL action and when you need tickets. Ticketmaster has got you covered as the official marketplace of the NFL. Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure that you have the best view of all of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to wrap your favorite team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com NFL. Now it's time for our favorite totals of the week. I'll start us off since you started the six-pack stuck. I'm going with another under this week. We're going Philly Jets under 41. Jets are 23rd in pace and Philly is 25th. The Jets are also dead last in pace in neutral situations. And, you know, the Eagles are pretty slow, especially when they have the lead, which is what we expect to happen here. This Jet offense selling high after they put up thirty a rare 30-point outing going up against the terrible Bronco D. You lost uh, your best offensive, well, who's been your best offensive lineman in Vera Tucker. He was their highest graded offensive lineman this year at PFF. Uh, this Jet defense, I still think, is uh, capable of, of, you know, at least slowing down the Eagles' offense a bit. 13-mile-per-hour wins, chance of rain in MetLife as well. And the Eagles especially since they found this revelation with DeAndre Swift, they're going to run the ball, run the ball. And the Jets, you know, they had success last week because they were able to run the ball. Well, Philly's one of the best run defenses in the league. Uh, so don't think the Jets will have much success. And I think Philly's just going to eat a lot of time of possession, keep the ball on the ground. And like you said, you don't want to show too much here because you got a primetime game against the, the Dolphins, who I think you'd much rather you know, ball out against. So I think it's just going to be an ugly, another East Coast ugly, uh, low-scoring, potentially weather-filled game here for the Jets and the Eagles. So under 41 for me. Yeah, Eagles are like a service academy. They get, and they get a lead. They can just, in college, they can just strangle the game the game away uh, with these long, grinding drives that just bleed the entire clock out. As we saw against the Rams in the second half, 
yeah, Eagles can stop the run. Good run defense should have advantage in the trenches. So they should they can get pressure without blitzing. Uh, how the Jets' only offense is give it to Brees Hall and hope he breaks one for seventy. Not going to be as easy going against the Eagles as it was against uh, the Broncos last week. And they only got the twenty three in that game. Then they got a you know defensive touchdown in the final seconds. Um, so yeah, I, I like this one as well. I'm going to go. I had a really long streak of overs broken <laughs> last week, but I would bet that one again. Should have got there. So I'm going to go to another over. We're going to go Baltimore, Tennessee. We're going to go overseas to London over 41. I look right now where I think first, well, I should say that I think that the Ravens approached this right. They went Monday and, and Harbaugh said, look, we looked at a lot of the data. I don't think there's any right answer, but from what I've seen, teams that go earlier, it doesn't mean they always win, but early on they tend to have more energy. And the Bills went late, and McDermott said, look, we didn't have as much energy as the Jags did who were already there last week. And you hear that more so than not for these teams that travel late. Like, Tennessee's going Friday. The Ravens already there. Um, but I think the Ravens come into this game with an underrated offense because you know they had offensive line injuries. They had injuries at receiver, running back. And they were playing like weather games. So the offense, and they were installing a new scheme. The offense is so close to breaking out. You saw all those drops last week. Um, so I think this offense is ready to explode. And they can do it against a Tennessee defense that's bad in the secondary and has to rely on their defensive front to stop the run and get pressure. Well, guess what? They're two big horses, houses, I should say, in up front in Tierra Tart, who was out last week and the Colts ran wild on, against them. And Jeffrey Simmons, who played hurt, both of them didn't practice today. Without them, this defense falls off a cliff. On the other side of the ball, you know, the Ravens' defense, I think, comes in overrated. They're still not getting a ton of pressure, which is a concern. They've had some injuries to some of their key edge rushers. And the secondary still has some questions at corner outside of Humphrey. And they've played nothing but bad quarterbacks, backup quarterbacks, hurt quarterbacks. So I think their defensive metrics are inflated. So I think this number is too low for where this game will be played. I think that the Titans can get to, you know, 14, 17 at a minimum. And I think the Ravens are due to come out here and get 27 to 30. Uh, this offense is really close, and this is the defense to do it against, especially with a banged-up Tart, who I don't think is going to play, and a banged-up Simmons, who might not play. And if he does, he's going to be hampered, which is why you saw them get absolutely shredded by the Colts last week. So uh, I, I like this over. I think Ravens' offense is undervalued, defense overvalued. Tennessee's defense is not being downgraded enough for their injuries on the defensive line. So uh, I think it sets up as a, an early over. And then I'll also throw in, I like the Ravens, lean the Ravens at minus four, almost put them in the six-pack. Ravens money line, par, pair that with, uh, I'm going to pair that with the Rams. Rams money line against the Cardinals. Cardinals day is so bad. I think the, you know, the fun is up with Arizona. The gig is up uh, with the, the fun with Dobbs. And, uh, you know, the offense still has more juice than we thought, but Rams, I think, are winning that game. So I'm parlaying the... Ravens with the Rams money line as well. For the total, give me Ravens Titans over. Stuck has the Titans Ravens over 41. I have the Eagles Jets under 41. Now it's time for our favorite teaser of the week. Oh yeah. Six point teasers. If you don't want me to All right, we're both uh, four and one on the year on teasers. Yeah, let's go with uh, if you want to ideally tease through three and seven, lower the total the better, where points will be at a premium, less variance. Let's go with the Texans, tease them up over a touchdown against the Saints. Should be a lower scoring game. I still like what I've seen from Stroud. Offensive line is getting healthier as well. I think they can keep that within one possession at the minimum. Let's pair them with the Commanders. From plus two and a half to plus eight and a half, another game with a total of 42 and a half. Ritter played better last week, but Washington's going to get a lot more pressure on them. They just got to, I mean, they're giving up. Their pass success D is fine. Their run D is, is okay. 
They're giving up way too many explosive passing plays. A little, a little more variance in those numbers. I'm not as concerned with that against Atlanta. Uh, so I think both of those are positive EV pieces. Let's go with the commies and the Texans. Washington also extra rest after getting embarrassed. I think you'll get a pretty good effort here. Yeah, uh, I'll have more Washington in a bit, but uh, I'm going Houston as well. And then I'll pair it with, uh, we'll go Philly here, uh, seven down to one. Uh, I think with the Jets O-line continuing to get worse and worse, uh, I think Philly wins this game. It might be ugly, probably be lower scoring, but uh, I do think they escape here, escape MetLife with a win. So going Philly minus one and then Houston up to seven and a half. So to recap, Houston seven and a half for both of us. Stuck is pairing it with the Commanders uh, up to eight and a half, and I'm pairing it with the Eagles down to minus one. Uh, and as a reminder, Action Network podcast is presented by BetMGM. You can use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses from your users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now it's time for an underdog money line parlay. Turning good weekends into great weekends. It's time for the money line parlay. All right, you're two and three. I'm one and four in the year, so you got to pick it up here. Uh, where are you going with your dog for this week? By the way, I didn't get it. You talked about the Eagles. I didn't get enough Zach Wilson slander in there. Zach Wilson <laughs> was the first player in NFL history t- since the merger, I should say, to have the worst passer rating two years in a row. He's currently the second worst uh, this year ahead of just Daniel Jones. So need need you this week, Jones. All right, I'm going to go with the Patriots. Uh, we talked we talked about it earlier. And I think this is this is it. This is the the buy point, the low point. McDaniel will try to give this away. I mean, the, the Raiders have won two games this year against beat up teams by one and four, and McDaniel tried to give them the game both games away. Um, so, yeah, I think this is it. The Patriots are going to reset. They basically said we're starting over, which means they're just going to come out here, run easy throws, and that's what the Raiders defense will give you. The strength of the Raiders defense taking away pass explosives doesn't really matter against this New England team. Um, short week, great for the Raiders, great spot for New England. I'm going to trust them one more time. Uh, I think this number's inflated after what we saw last week, so let's go with the Pats. Obviously agree there, uh, and I'll go Washington. You know, you kind of just talked about it with the T's, uh, but everyone, oh, Desmond Ritter hasn't lost at home. What is he, undefeated at the Falcons at home, undefeated in college at home. Uh, in high school, 41 yeah, and now. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's Middle school, too. He's too bad of a quarterback for that to last too much longer. Now, this is a high-variance game. That's why, you know, it is better, I think, as a tease or a, a money line dog. Like, taking the two-and-a-half year. I know the Falcons, every time they win, it's by, like, one or two. Uh, so you might, you know, like the Falcons might win and you still cover. But uh, ultimately, I, I think this is the way you want to back Washington. Uh, Falcons, pretty underwhelming uh as what you know they're they're in the bottom 20 in, in dvoa their defense hasn't been great I, I, nothing I, and i can't i can't expect ritter to you know put up big numbers again you know back to back weeks he's been bad from a clean hit. uh washington they got they just got caught sleeping against the bears i think they're they're not great they're still one of the worst teams in the league but they're better than what we saw of them last and that's kind of the theme on the show so yeah buy low on washington sell high on Atlanta. Although we like Atlanta long-term, but I kind of wish Ritter had a bad game last week so we could get, get to Heineke before we really start getting screwed over here. But either way, Washington, New England, parlay odds plus 439. So nice little juicy one there. Uh, all right, now it's time for the best of the rest games we have not covered in any other segment, but are still, as they say, meaningful to some. That's going to be a touchdown, but that may be meaningful to some of you. And you know who I mean. All right, first we got the Colts at the Jaguars. Jags minus four, total 45 and a half. Jags have won seven straight uh, at home against the Colts, I believe it is. I, I like the matchup. For, I'm kind of tempted to bet the Jags here. I think this number... 
has kind of come, come down. Everyone's loving the Colts. They've been covering his dogs. I get it. But I just see a lot of their success is somewhat unsustainable. I mean, number one, you, like you just keep getting lucky with like, yeah, the Titans best, the best, one of the top two run defenses in the league, two of their best run defenders get hurt in the middle of the game. Your backup running back breaks off a big play. Uh, you know, like it, it, Baltimore screws up the last, you know, the communication on the kickoff. They win a game. I mean, I, I, I like Jacksonville here, but I don't know. Talk to me. And, and Trevor Lawrence has been great against this Gus Browie defense as well. I think it's like completing like 80 plus percent of his passes last year against it. So I, I kind of like Jacksonville, but I, I don't know. Talk to me. What do you, what do you think of this one? Yeah, this is the ideal offense for Lawrence. And he didn't even have Ridley um, in the past prior to this season. I, I just, just tricky spot. Just like, I don't, we don't have a lot of data here. Like they were in London for two weeks off yeah. of a big win Colts with revenge in the divisional game from earlier in the season. And Minshew's an upgrade to me over Richardson. I mean, I told you, he's actually going downfield, which is where you have to attack this Jacksonville team. And even though he's the one thrown downfield and Richardson, Richardson isn't, Richardson, an 18.5% bad throw percentage, Minshew, 12. So he's throwing it more downfield and having fewer bad throws. Um, and that's where you need to attack this Jaguars thing you're not going to be able to run on them. Yeah, that's, have- that's big, yeah. Yeah, they're not. They're going to have five man fronts on first down. I mean, they're just it, by scheme. You're you're not really going to be able to run on Jacksonville, one of the best run defenses in the NFL this year, and they were really good last year. So it's going to be up to Minshew. Minshew revenge game here. Uh, I, I yeah, numbers come down a bit too much. So I lean Jags, but tricky spot. So pass. Yeah, and like Lawrence is a favorite. Hasn't been great. Uh, still has a losing record against the spread so yeah it's it I, i'm thinking about it uh just because it's number i think it should be closer to five <clears throat> five and a half but uh, let's go to the next one arizona at the rams rams minus seven total 48 and a half remember on one of the preseason pods we, we kind of talked about what is this total going to be uh and it, it, it is pretty high but the rams yeah, i mean they look a lot better than we thought the yeah. cardinals offense is better too um you know usually might be a spot i would consider the cardinals but it's Number one, James Conner's on IR, and you know Demarcado has been great in the past game, but his rush success rate is about thirty-five percent in, in a small sample. That's you know Conner is around fifty percent, so it could be a they might not be able to run the ball now. Now you're just trying to you know out out pass Stafford, Cup, and, and Nakua against uh, when, when you have one of the worst pass defenses in the league. If you're the Cardinals, so I, I just. I, they could cover here. I wouldn't be surprised, but I I don't really see any value. I, I'd wean Cardinals, but I just don't like I don't like the matchup anymore, uh, given the injuries. What do you think? No, I mean teams have haven't had much success the week after against the spread. The week after playing the Eagles, really physical game since twenty twenty. They're twenty thirty five against the spread. Could be something there, but yeah, I mean I, I'm I'm gonna money line the Rams with the Ravens. I said earlier, Arizona's defense is dreadful. I mean they're one of four teams that are getting pressure under 15 percent of the time so they're not going to get pressure on stafford and they're 28th in epa per play 32nd dead last in opponent success rate the only team that's allowing above 50 percent in success rate their secondary is so bad that they have to play so far off so they don't get burnt and now you're playing this rams receiving core which is like i mean it's with the kua Atwell's been great. Now Cup back and Cup it hit the ground running last week. Stafford's not going to be pressured and those receivers on the outside. How's Arizona going to get stops? I just don't see it. And then with Connor on IR, Dobbs will make a couple of mistakes. I actually lean the Rams, but at seven, it's a pass. But I'm, I'm going to money line him with the Ravens. It's still early and like minus seven in a divisional game. Can't can't get there, but I, I, if you're trying to money line, I think that's a, a better way to go about it. The circle of life in the NFC West, as I refer to it, is the Rams own the Cardinals. Yeah, that's what it was. Who, okay, who own the 49ers? Who own yes. the Rams? Who also own the Seahawks? Who own the 49ers? Yes. Circle of life in the NFC West, if you can keep up. But it might not. You know, there's a different different schemes now, but I, I just don't see this Cardinals team getting any stops. Yeah, might be. I mean, for people that like overs, it's not 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 a bad one uh, no. to play. Okay, and the one the game everyone's worked up about is this Niners Browns game. 
The spread is Niners by six and a half on the road. The total is 37 and a half. It's going to be weather. Looks like we're probably not expecting Deshaun Watson. I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. Uh, this Brown season, I mean, it, it looks so promising with this defense. And now, I mean, I, I don't know. I really just, you know, bad vibes, getting bad vibes from, from you know, did Watson, is Watson, is his Watson's decision? Is this the team's decision? Now you don't got Chubb. So, I mean, this defense is great, but the Niners just put up 42 on the Cowboys. So, I don't know. What are you, what are you thinking here? Uh, this was going to be a hammer for me. This was going to be my number one pick. It's this spot. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Browns D, on, like the Cowboys didn't get pressure. You have to get pressure on Purdy. Browns D can get pressure. They have a better secondary than the Cowboys. Browns lead the NFL in pressure rate. You're playing at home in weather. It's, this is going to be tough for Purdy, not as easy as it's been. But now there's no Chubb. There's offensive line injuries. Njoku's also hurt. And you might get P.J. Walker. He's not even on the fifth. He's going to start if lots of can't go. And reading the tea leaves. Watson's not going to go. So, you know, this was such a good spot. Off of a bye after getting embarrassed. And, I mean, I have trends for days that speak to this buy low so high. You know, off of a team that just blew out uh, a, you know, one of their biggest rivals in the conference on a primetime game in a hype home spot. Now going, you know, across the country in weather where it's going to just be miserable in Cleveland. I don't know how this... Like this game, this should go under, but I'd worry about Brown's turnovers. Um, this line's going to go up when Watson gets announced out. Um, so, I mean, playing the 49ers now, like minus six, six and a half, wouldn't, is not a bad idea. I Because you could always buy back, but if Watson's out, then this thing goes to seven and a half, at least. And then you have a middle if you want to buy out. But, um, yeah, I have, I mean, I have so many trends, too, that just speak to the buy low sell high nature of this spot but um i mean for, for example home dogs versus undefeated straight up teams um are 61 38 and 1 against the spread over the last 10 years 88 53 and 2 against the spread since 2010 i've about like 20 of those things uh but it's pj walker who is the who was the only quarterback worse than zach wilson last year um over the past years, I should say, if you look at some advanced metrics, no Chubb, offensive line injuries, like you have Bosa going against Wills. I, I don't how are the Browns going to score. So and you, the defense is going to play up here. If they don't turn it over, this game could be like 13-10. But if they turn it over, they could lose by 21. So, yeah, it's a great spot for the Browns. But I, can you really – I need more to consider uh, yeah. P.J. Walker. And if Deshaun does play, I mean, this dude, was he not thrown in like three weeks? He's thrown like three passes or something? Like, yeah, and, it, and there'll be wind. So, like, yeah. what are you going to get from him? And what, and that running game, I mean, honestly, it's, it's not great without Chubb. I mean, you know, I know Ford had like a big run against Pittsburgh, which not a great run D, but like that, it, it's, it would be, it would be a, like, this looked a lot better, like, what was it, three weeks ago? About three week, three, four weeks ago, this, this game, yeah, I would have had this circled. Now, yeah, it's probably. If anything, tease the Niners down, maybe. They'll probably get out of here with a win, whether it's ugly or not, if Watson doesn't play. But, yeah. Shame, man. Uh, okay, let's wrap it up with uh, Survivor. The Survivor Pool Pick of the Week. I'm riding your coattail, so you just, <laughs> whatever you say, I, I'll agree with. I got to... So I mentioned that of the two big spots, I like the Carolina Panthers more. And I also on the show went with Miami last week. So got to go Buffalo here. Uh, looking at Buffalo's schedule coming up, not a ton of spots I, I really want. And coming off a loss, I think you'll get a decent enough effort to win the game. I, I do agree. You could see a little bit closer score maybe than we expect, but still. Uh, like Buffalo a lot more now that they, you know, kind of got focused, have to give their best effort. I could see, I guess I could see the Rams, you know, you mentioned the Rams, but divisional game, not, not what I like to do if I can help it is play, you know, divisional favorites. And who else we got? That's the Chiefs. We already used in week three. 
uh, in another divisional game Thursday night where things happen. So yeah, Bills. I think not a great week, but yeah, Bills. And if you got the, if you don't have the Bills, I'd, I'd go, I'd go the Dolphins because that that was a team that I looked at their schedule and not too many more after this. Want to buy them while they're healthy enough. So yeah, Bills for me. Uh, okay, that's going to wrap it up for the Week 6 Action Network pod presented by BetMGM. You can hear more of myself and my guy Sean Kerner this week talking fantasy and DFS uh, on the Fantasy Flex podcast. And uh, also, we have our Action Network Discord server, link in the description, as I mentioned earlier. And stuff will be talking college football over on Big Bets on Campus uh, on Friday morning. And you can find Stuck on X at Stucky2. I'm at Chris Raybon. We're at those same handles on the free award-winning Action Network app. Until next time, let's get this money. Let go. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.